Welcome into the DMVR Fantasy Podcast on this lovely Thursday as we prep our lineups for the Fantasy Week and uh, so much more presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, download the app. No one does it better. I currently, I've been mining some data. The way to go in these baseball playoffs has been favorites. And if you want to get a little extra value, the way to go is probably point spread hunting. So... I'm in on all these favorites, and the Braves so far already looking good. Um, and yeah, with that note, I welcome in our special guest. I'm with Henry Chisholm, as always. Producer Guy uh, left, his, took his hot takes and brought them up to the mountains. He's off at a wedding, and we have the man, the myth, the legend. You know him from the MVR Rams, but he really uh, is a football sicko. Um, at, at the highest levels of anyone at this company, it's the great Justin Michael. Hey, Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It feels good to be here with you guys. You know, unlike Guy, I don't have outside friends or weddings to attend. I don't even know what that's right. about. A right. wedding in football season? Are you kidding me? Exactly. Don't even send me the inv- don't even send me the invite because I'm checking no. Yep, people know better than to invite us to anything because uh, that's our mentality. And Justin, you should be proud of me because ever since you and I both lost money on the Braves in those 14 innings against the Reds where we had the Reds, um, I I took that loss so personal. I've been just betting against the Braves the rest of the playoffs, and it has cost me so much, and I'm finally changing my ways. I've got money on the Braves finally, and it's working out already. So it only took a week and a half. But me changing my ways is really helping. And uh, yeah, there you go. I've been right there with you, man. The Marlins are just fun to root for, too. They, you know, they feel like the underdog oh, in this NL, along with the Padres, but the Padres are stacked. So yeah. they're not, you know, a true underdog in that mm-hmm. sense. It's Freaking true. Braves, man. Ugh, I know. Heartbreakers. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Okay. To start the show, I've got, you know, we're, we're four weeks in. I think it's time to evaluate um, some of some of these dudes' stocks, and uh, this idea all came from us getting a message, Henry, seeking out some fantasy advice, and it was a really good question, and it opened my eyes to, yeah, we're in week four, quarter of the season in. There are some of these dilemmas where known commodities coming into the season are barely even rosterable anymore. And there are some guys who have proven to be very rosterable, but they're such unknowns that it's just that, that end of where you can still buy low on them. And the question we got was at tight end. Evan Ingram, the Giants tight end, stud. Um, but very underwhelming this season with all the problems that they've had there with the Giants offense. Or Dalton Schultz, who's on that Cowboys offense where – Dak Prescott has to toss 500 yards per games. Who would you, who would you rather have of those two? I, in, in real life, just two days ago, uh, claimed Dalton Schultz off waivers and mm-hmm. cut Evan Ingram to make space. Um, so I just wow. lived through this. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it was, it, it was tough to do. Um, it's really hard to just give up on a guy who, like you said, is so talented, even if he hasn't been able to produce. Um, oh, yeah. I made my decision. I can't say I haven't had second thoughts. Um, you know, the Giants, who do they have this week? Uh, the Cowboys. So there mm-hmm. you go. There's one reason to think head to that head. he's going to have some success, a breakout week. Um, and then next week against Washington, the next week against the Eagles. So there really is a chance mm-hmm. that he figures things out in these next few weeks, but I'm just, I personally am over it and I'm happy with my decision. Justin, how are you leaning on this? That one's tough. Cause you've seen Schultz flash over the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. Dallas hasn't been leaning on the run game in the red zone as much as they have in years past. True. True. The thing that frustrates me though with tight ends is so many of them are, are boomer bust. 
And oh, so yeah. when you have a guy like Ingram who you more or less trust, you know, throughout the course of the season, it's probably going to even out. You know, maybe, maybe you roll with, roll with it. But if, if the question is just who would you start this week, I think you got to go with Schultz. That's the thing. Like, Henry looking at the schedule, I like that because Washington struggled covering tight ends. Um, they're in a division with Dallas who's, like, allowing more points than any other team in the league. So you like those matchups. Thing is, Schultz is in that same exact division. And yeah, he doesn't get to play against the Cowboys' awful defense, um, but he does get to pick on the Skins and pick on the Eagles and pick on the Giants. I mean, and it's an interesting, like, Pac-12 versus SEC thing. Um, you, you know, you're an honorary SEC. Obviously, you cover the Mountain West. That's where you make a living, Justin. But you watch more SEC football than probably any of us. And, I mean, so you know full well the kind of talent Evan Ingram is. He's really one of those rare mismatched tight ends. So, on paper, this should be absurd. But Schultz and that passing offense for the Cowboys, at least – if we're gambling on a boomer bust tight end, I kind of like the gamble on Schultz a little more just because there's more opportunity. Like when are the giants going to score 20 points again, man? Like when's that's happening without Saquon, they're just done. They've got nothing right now on offense. It's crazy, but it's killed everyone's value in fantasy. And that was, that was the case that you could make for Evan Ingram was that with everybody else hurt, they had to throw the ball somewhere, right? And it turns out, no, they can just throw it at the ground. Like, that is the option that Daniel Jones has chosen. He, there's, there's no reason to think that things are going to get better. I mean, you look at the schedule, and uh, these are all the conversations I've had for hours with myself this week as I've gone through this decision. It, it won't get better. You can say, if he had just gotten a touchdown one of those weeks, then maybe the, that week you would have been happy. Well, guess what? The Giants don't score touchdowns, so it doesn't really matter. That won't change either. Like, this is a tough time schedule-wise to cut him. These, I do think, I mean, when you look mm-hmm. at three-week stretches for him over the course of the season, I do think this will be his best three-week stretch. I don't think it makes him playable, though. Right, so you're almost of the idea, like, if you can, hold on tight just a little longer because this could be a stock that appreciates, mm-hmm. and then in two, three weeks, it's time to sell a little higher than where you're going to sell now, which is probably his basement. And for me, you know, this is the week I, I, I needed to get a win in this league, and I just couldn't afford to wait any longer. Right. And so if you're in a situation where there isn't anybody you'd rather claim off of waivers, maybe you do try to hold on to them. But to me, if your options are Schultz or Ingram, take Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. That kind of sets the tone for this exercise. And here is my next one for you. Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Brees. Wow. Currently, Bridgewater outscoring Brees by decimals, 0.2 per game. I'm, so they're, they're both outside the top 15. Yeah. It's very easy to say that you expect Drew Brees' numbers to go up with Michael Thomas's return sometime in the next few weeks. Yes. And I think that's where the conversation has to start is with that piece of information. Drew Brees' numbers are going to go up. I'm confident in that over the course of the rest of the season. What happens with Teddy's numbers? Because you look through what's happened so far, and I personally, I think I like the trend. You know, he played Arizona this week, 26 to 37, 276 yards couple touchdowns and interception I don't know if I do like it it's so tough when it's the four game sample size and I get that that's why we're doing the exercise but I know I think the offense is coming together he's getting Christian McCaffrey back I don't know if that's just a great thing because he also runs the ball takes it out of his hands I lean Drew Brees I think there's more upside with Teddy that's where I'll go Mm, mm, hmm Justin, is this, uh, is this an argument even worth having? Are, are we being silly here by con- considering Teddy over Breeze? 
you know, I, I like the argument Teddy overbreeds potentially this week. I'm not yep. so sure I like the play moving forward. Yep. The thing is, you know, with, with Breeze playing the Chargers, they have that great pass rush. They're pretty solid in the secondary. You know, Breeze hasn't hasn't really demonstrated that he, he can beat defenses over the top this year as well as he has in years past. Yeah. I wonder if they get in his face. Maybe that limits how much New Orleans can score. Whereas, you know, you have Bridgewater facing a pretty mediocre Falcons defense. After the Cowboys, they've allowed the most points in the NFL. Yeah, so, you know, I do like the value there. I think he's probably a good sleeper play this week. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, though, like you said, I definitely, you know, Michael Thomas is coming back. Yeah. I love what you've seen out of Alvin Kamara. The Saints are going to figure it out here pretty soon. Yeah, I think while it is a conversation, and so the argument for Teddy would simply be the offense is already looking great, and he's only been in, in it for four weeks mm-hmm. and a, a, a month of like barely install, like getting to know his wide receivers and coaches that are we calling that install now? Um, because like you guys cover football for a living and you know how much work has to go into this kind of prep. So if he's already outscoring breeze now and he's getting Christian McCaffrey back, then he's just going to get more comfortable in this offense, which is already looking like a surprisingly like, risky offense that's good for a 30 burger every other week at least um yeah there that's where like henry was saying there's more upside to the teddy pick but breeze is just he's more that known commodity and while he does look gross right now from an aesthetic standpoint he still can just complete a pass that's like a a lateral pass essentially to Alvin Kamara and Kamara takes it 60 yards um, and looks like Reggie Bush circa mid two thousands against Fresno state with USC. Um, So, and there's easy production. You don't have to do anything. And once Michael Thomas comes back, then there's a lot of that. So I just think value wise, you're better off holding on to breeze. And so, yeah, you might regret it two weeks from now, but you're going to find someone that's Teddy-esque still available on the waiver while, while Breeze, I wouldn't want you like kicking yourself because all of a sudden the Saints kind of go off and Michael Thomas returning kind of renormalizes. You brought up the 30-burger every other week. Panthers put up 30 points week one, then 17, then 16, and then 31 in week four. The 30-point games were against the Raiders and the Cardinals. The other games were against the Buccaneers and Chargers. Those are two really good defenses. And if you look through all of Teddy Bridgewater's fantasy stats, I mean, those were the two down weeks. I think that there's a lot to like about what we've seen so far, plus the fact that Curtis Samuel's best game so far this season receiving-wise is this week against Arizona when he put up three catches for 51 yards. I expect more out of him going forward too. And so if you're getting Christian McCaffrey back and you're getting Curtis Samuel up to speed, which, you know, is a gamble. It might not happen. Maybe that does compare to getting Michael Thomas back for Drew Brees. Hmm. Also got a lot of love for Joe Brady, you know, talking about the SEC and everything. Yep. There are a lot of people that think he was, you know, the mastermind behind LSU winning that national championship last year. A big reason Joe Burrow is able to take, you know, Me. such big leaps forward. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you know it's true. So, you know, I, I just like what Brady's going to do with Bridgewater moving forward, especially when they get some of these weapons, because that was what they did best mm-hmm. at LSU, was get the football in the hands of their playmakers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man. I mean, and you guys have both touched on this. It's it's a conversation where both dudes are matchup dependent. Neither is like good enough to be like, oh no, start and forget it every single game because they're that good. They're not in the Dak Prescott has entered that, for example. Agreed. And with the fact that the matchup is way more favorable this week for Bridgewater um, against Atlanta rather than you know um, the Chargers for Breeze. And we don't know what we'll get with Michael Thomas. It's a real conversation. It's it's razor's edge. I wouldn't fault you for going Teddy, but I think I would hold on tight, obviously in standard redrafts to Breeze. I think that my move would be playing that waiver wire 
you know, I'm not sure if this is a conversation where you have both on your team or if you're saying I have to cut Drew Brees to pick up Teddy Bridgewater. But even if that's what you have to do, I would say it is worth it because I don't think you're missing out on that much if you lose Drew Brees and you're committed to the waiver wire the rest of the way. Or you maybe you find a guy that you like there and you stick with him, Teddy or somebody else. I think we talked ourselves into Teddy after all of this. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Okay, the exercise is going great. These are fun trade conversations that people could bring up. And if you feel strongly one way or another, at least we've given you a template. You know, mm-hmm. like if you really want to buy Drew Brees right now, Maybe you could do it for something as cheap as Teddy Bridgewater. Seriously. All right. Running backs, I've got a few. Um, Let's start with Antonio Gibson or David Montgomery. Gibson finally breaks out. Montgomery has been RB28. Um, The amount of touches he's just guaranteed in that Bears offense um, put him in like – there must be only – three or four running backs that are guaranteed the amount of touches David Montgomery gets. And yet, despite all those touches, he is RB 28 in a PPR formats. And that would be behind Antonio Gibson. Uh, And maybe this isn't even a conversation. So uh, Justin, you start us off. I like, I like the boom potential with Gibson, but the thing of, you know, it, it, like you said, it comes down to consistency and Montgomery is going to get those touches. I know he hasn't made the most of them to this point, but like you said, he's one of those guys like Dalvin Cook, like Ezekiel Elliott, where they, they just force okay. feed him the football. Yep. And at some point, it seems like he's got to be able to make the most of it. I just I struggle with, is it going to be this week, given that they're playing Tampa Bay? I know, and this is a conversation you need to have with yourself, like stat. Um because you got to figure this out. They're, they're playing tonight. And yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, against Vita Vea and that Tampa front, David it's Montgomery scary. scares I could me. see him maybe scoring, you know, where they get him involved in like a screen type play. I don't know, something, a sweep or something to the outside. That, that, that Buccaneers defense, though, that they're great interior. They have fast linebackers. They got good edge rushers. They got DBs that can tackle. Right. It's a Tampa Bay team that's really competitive. Yeah, for sure. Henry? It's tough. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm starting either of them, I'm nervous. I'll start with that. Um, I, I want to be able to say that by starting David Montgomery, you're giving yourself a higher ceiling just because he is essentially the running back, which is yeah. not something that happens in football anymore. But then you look through the numbers and – 14 carries, 45 yards, 10 carries, 27 yards. Those are the last two weeks. That's when we expected him to do big things. Honestly, not even that many carries given the situation. One game where he's hit double digits, Antonio Gibson has three. One of them was like just barely over 10. One was just barely over 11. All three, he needed a touchdown to do it. I mean, if, if if David Montgomery has more than one touchdown this season, then the numbers probably favor him, but he doesn't. And Antonio Gibson does. Do we think that those are fluky? Do we think that those are going to balance out? And I think that really that's what you're doing when you're talking about either of these guys is betting on a touchdown. I don't expect this week for David Montgomery to be able to pound the rock through Vita Vea and everybody else on that defense. So I'm going to say throw Antonio Gibson out there and hope for the best. Yeah. I think that's kind of Gibson in a landslide. I, I, sure. I, I honestly don't think you'd be able to trade those dudes straight up. Um, I think Not if right you're now, on you the couldn't. Montgomery side, you need to you need to like add something to that. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. You're just a few touchdowns away. Like it's crazy that this dude gets all the carries and is yet to pound the rock in the end zone. Yeah, like that's all you're that's all you're counting on from him. Yeah, his his one touchdown is a receiving touchdown. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's not his game. No. No, uh, not at all. So, okay, uh, here's another I, conversation. Was sticking with Montgomery, Phil Lindsay or David Montgomery? I really like that you brought this up because uh, I was thinking about trying to put together a way to trade for Phil just because yeah. I, I need help right now in a lot of different yeah. ways and I got to take some gambles. I'd go Phil. I mean, it depends on your situation. 
but when I look at David Montgomery, I see somebody who I will never be happy starting. You know, that's my expectation for the rest of the season. I will always be nervous to see his name in my lineup, even if he is a decent option by the numbers. With Phil, you're giving yourself more upside. I do think that he's going to get at least 50% of the touches. You know, that first game, he looked really good when we saw him. Um, or at least I was impressed. I, I would rather take a gamble on the Broncos offense with Phil than David Montgomery. There you go. It is a gamble, though. Justin, are, have we gone too far on Montgomery or uh, you with us? Yeah, I, I, that's probably enough on Montgomery. I would say, you know, I, I'd take Phil over him. I think Henry pretty much covered it. You worry a little bit, mm. obviously, coming back from the turf toe. And I don't know if New England is necessarily a great matchup, just given that I think Belichick's probably going to try and take away the run game and force these guys to make throws down the field. But you got to like Phil's, you know, his potential moving forward, especially given that, you know, other than that long touchdown from Melvin Gordon, I'm not, yeah. I'm not really sure we've seen the explosive, you know, the big runs oh. that we were kind of mm-hmm. hoping for with him. Yeah, it, it does seem like with Melvin, what you're getting is you're going to make one guy miss. You're going to make exactly one guy miss. You're not going to yep. get much more than that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's, that's enough to be somebody who you want out on the field because that's more yep. than a lot of guys give you. Phil right. does and have once every outside. four games when he makes that one guy miss and you get that big frame out in the open field, he'll take it to the house. Yep. You know, once in a while he'll do that, but you're right. For the most part, what you're asking him to do is win a one and one on space and that's about what you'll get. And I think that those two help each other. Um, I think that Phil and Melvin, you know, the touches do go down. I think the efficiency goes way up um, just because you have multiple different threats. Um, yeah. Plus, I mean, Melvin's numbers looking at him are pretty, pretty great. 12.6 week one, 14.4, 3.8, 23.8. That's non PPR. Phil's going to cut into some of that production probably, but the efficiency for both, I think goes up. Mm. See, I'm surprised on this how one, high those numbers are, to be honest. Yeah, for, exactly. For Just maybe it's how miserable those couple of games were as a viewing experience. They so didn't really pick up on what he right. was producing, but right. that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 15 carries, 78, 19 for 70, eight for 26 against Tampa, 23, 107 this week plus averaging about 10 more receiving yards per game. Plus he has four touchdowns in four games, which really helps. Yeah. Hmm. See, to me, Montgomery Lindsay is such a toss up. I'm just going to go with the slightly safer option in Montgomery. That's fair. But man, it's a toss up. Okay. Sticking with Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, the Jaguars running back or Melvin Gordon. Because that might be like, <laughs> you might be worried Phil coming back completely plummets mm-hmm. um, Gordon's stock. And if you're trying to target like undervalued running backs, which is a position where like if you're producing, you're not going to be all that undervalued. I think Robinson would be my, prime, my first target. Like who says no if, if you're offered this? No, I think you'd probably have to take it just for the consistency. But Jaguars, their players are kind of frustrating from a fantasy perspective because it seems to be one of those situations where it's, you know, you have LaVisca go off one week and then you have Cole go off another week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they lean on the run game for half a, you know, one half. And then all of a sudden it's all Minshew. And they're just one of those offenses that kind of scares me, especially if it's a, a situation where I really have to lean on him as my primary running back. Yeah, I, I I would take James Robinson out of those two. I think you have to. You you he's running back six right now. There's no reason to think the touches are going to go down. Uh, played the Colts, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Bengals. Not the toughest matchups by any means, but he did what he had to do. And I think with a young quarterback, he's going to get work. Plus, I mean, he had an eight reception game as well. So he is going to factor in multiple ways. Um, I, okay, I go to James Robinson, and I'm not having second thoughts, I don't think. Final running back conundrum, Robinson or James Conner then, Henry? You just talked Robinson up. Um, 
again, Robinson out producing both these. Guys. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go Robinson. Um, oof. You know, I was quick to, to hate on James Conner. Honestly, I was saying mean things about him before the season started. He's slow. He isn't all that explosive. Um, week one, six carries, nine yards. But then back-to-back 100-yard games before that bye with a t- rushing touchdown, both of them, six catches combined through those two. I think there, there is a case to be made for James Conner. I'm still not bought in on that team but then you also see eagles browns coming up titans uh, i go james robinson yeah i think you gotta go robinson yeah. but it's close because i i like what connor brings in the past game he's not mm-hmm. the fastest dude but he has secure hands he can move the chains yeah. then you know he's solid between the tackles and i also like that he's got a better quarterback yeah. in roethlisberger i just you know, I think that kind of stuff matters in terms of moving the ball in the red zone, just making the opponent fear that they can throw it over the top. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Minshew, I'm not sure defenses necessarily fear him. He's played pretty well, you know. Props yeah. to the Jaguars. They're a hell of a lot better than I thought coming in. Oh, man. I don't, I, now just talking, I'm starting to lean Connor. <laughs> Where are you I at, know. Dre? <laughs> yeah, I would – I guess I'd only lean Robinson because I fear – Connor's one of those where the injury feels around the corner. That's also true. So I'm oh, trying to just like guys. make sure guys. I use him to, to like bail. Yeah, I like it. And there are also other guys in the backfield. You know, uh, James Connor has been like the clear number one. Yeah. But McFarland still has a chance to break yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Samuel still has a chance yeah. to take some of those touches. Whereas you look at the Jaguars. James Robinson is a mm-hmm. maybe running the number one weapon on that offense right now. Like I, I don't think you can say that with Chark, mm-hmm. but when you have a, such a young quarterback there, that is the one thing that I think that they will go back to no matter what is James Robinson. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, all right, we're moving on to receivers. Michael Thomas has been back to practice this week. Look, if he's not back on the field this week, I'd be surprised. Um, but at the very worst, it'll be week six. So he would be a really interesting buy-low candidate at wide receiver. Uh, would you rather Michael Thomas or Stephon Diggs, though, who's been a top six wideout in full PPRs? I'd keep Michael Thomas. I think that... I'm not totally out on Drew Brees yet. His mm-hmm. arm is a little bit noodly, but I, I I can't remember if this was before this week. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was last week. Drew Brees was six of nine on passes at least twenty yards downfield, and those six completions twenty yards or more downfield were more than Josh Allen had the entire season, <laughs> which is kind of crazy to say, but ah. Uh, I'm still leaning Michael Thomas. He's still the better receiver. Sure, Stephon Diggs is a top 10 performer. Congrats. Michael Thomas the rest of the way is going to be number one or at least has a good chance of being number one, I still think. Who's Buffalo matched up with this week? Uh, Right here, Tennessee. Tennessee. They're pretty good against the pass. Mm Mm-hmm. But of course, that adds a wrinkle to it because you. Do you know, even I know assume, if the game's going to happen? Right, or not? I assume <laughs> they'll play, but you don't. You don't know for certain. <laughs> mm-hmm. That does add an extra wrinkle to it for sure. Well, and yeah. Michael Thomas playing the Chargers. That's not a great. Jeez, man! As good as Diggs has been, that's probably still not enough to get Michael Thomas. I agree. I think. Uh, it, Michael Thomas is more of a gamble with Drew Brees looking the way he's looked, which is not as sharp as before with the injuries and coming back from the injuries. I, Michael Thomas I think you is sold us on, on Michael slant. Thomas, man. It's, 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 it's Michael you Thomas. You sold us on Michael Thomas. It's Michael when Thomas. When he's healthy, he's the best receiver in football. Yep. You got to go with him. Even if he's only at, you know, 80, 90%, he's still going to put up numbers. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, P- that's PPR. PPR, if you get the Michael feeling, Thomas, I'll say that. Yeah, 
If you get the feeling the Michael Thomas owner in your league is getting nervous, see what you can throw at him as far as top 10 wide receivers go, because I'd probably still rather have him than anyone else. Final wide receiver, DJ Moore, who insanely enough in a very productive Carolina passing game is getting lapped by Robbie Anderson, who's been a top 10 producer, DJ Moore outside of the top 30 in full PPRs. Would you bail for DJ Moore for Jamison Crowder, who's only appeared in two games, but in those two games, he's averaging over 20. He's averaging 21 points per game in full PPRs. I might. I really might because I think that it's easy to look at DJ Moore and say, well, the production will come. He's too good not to get it. But like I said earlier, Curtis Samuel's putting up 4.6 points per game. He's number 73. Those, I, I don't think they both can get better. And I'm not willing to say back. one or the other will be the one that does start to become somebody who produces at the Jamison Crowder level. Uh, but also it's Jamison Crowder. And do oh, we really no. trust the team? I, it's a tough one. If you're looking for something explosive, something that can change your fantasy fate because things are not going well right now, then I think that you should make the move for Jamison Crowder. Uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll go Jamison Crowder. I'll go Jamison Crowder. I just like the structure around DJ Moore so much better. Mm-hmm. I know no, the numbers haven't no been kidding. there yet, but you know, with everything we already said about Joe Brady and, and the offense, we think it'll be consistent. Crowder definitely has that ability to put up massive points on any given week, but he also feels like one of those guys who will you know, just disappear for a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a, I guess like gun to my head, I would lean Crowder. I would never just accept this trade straight up as a DJ Moore owner. I'd be trying to milk this to no end. I'd be making all the arguments you guys just made about the Jets offense, about him being injured this season and really trying to get something else out of DJ Moore. But Crowder would be one of my primary targets in PPRs just because he's that little slot guy. He's the best wide receiver the Jets have. And being that little slot guy, he's just going to give you seven to 10 receptions every game. I don't even care if it's for 50 or 100 yards. It doesn't matter. It's been for over 100 in both the games he's played. It sure has. Um, So, you know, but again, I'll take a seven for 50 game all day in PPR. That's fine by me. I'll take those 13 points. That's better than what DJ Moore can guarantee me right now. Um, But it has to be a full PPR. And I, I'm, I'm, I have to at least try and get more out of it. And then, yo, if he calls my bluff and says it's straight up or nothing, I'll say, okay, fine. Um, but it has to be a full PPR. And um, I, I need to try to spice this up and not just settle for Crowder straight up for DJ Moore right off the bat. If Darnold and Crowder were literally anywhere else in the NFL, I would love them both on my team. No kidding. But the Jets, man. Adam Gase, that whole situation, just that that terrifies me. It's a it's a truly monster disaster. Um and you know, they're just an amazing team to fade um these days, you know. And um frankly, they'd be a perfect candidate for the DraftKins Sportsbook app if you sign up now. You can get, I mean, they always have amazing deals. They always have incredible odds boosts. But right now, what they've been running for the NFL season is uh, when you sign up, you, um, to, you, know, the, you download, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use promo code DMVR. And when you sign up, you get $1,000. They'll match your deposit. But you can also place $1 on any NFL team to win 100 um, and you know, fading the Jets, like you can't go wrong with that, right? Now. It, it's just an amazing time to fade the Jets, even with the Arizona Cardinals, who I'm not sold on. Unlike everyone else on this GD forsaken DNVR staff of ours, um, in fact, I'm gonna get your takes on Cliff Kingsbury if you're a believer or a doubter. I also have the spiciest um, buy or sell of all coming up right after this. So if you want to hear those takes, please 
Just download this app, use code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 and do it now because it's for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, guys. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hundred, Justin, real quick, your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury. Is he overrated or are you a believer in this sick experiment of Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph coaching up uh, a team with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins? I don't believe in Vance Joseph, but I believe in Cliff Kingsbury and his ability to identify talent at the quarterback position. This is a guy who, you know, he saw in the homes. He went out and got him. This is a guy who recruited Baker Mayfield. This is a guy who was able to get Kyler Murray and his quarterback, and it was kind of a controversial decision, obviously, given that they had just taken Rosen the year before. I like that he's, you know, he's about his decisions. He's about the action. He might crash and burn, you know. It, it might be oh, yeah. a Lane Kiffin 2.0 situation, but I also like Lane Kiffin, so that's where wow. we're at. <laughs> wow. I, I'm now realizing I, too, am a Lane Kiffin guy, sadly, um, which – really should make me reevaluate a whole lot of things. So you, you as a college guy are not perturbed in the slightest that he couldn't get a single power five job <laughs> as a head man, but still now, but then the NFL comes a calling and we trade him like he's the, the greatest innovator of all time. When again, I, I would have to be 20 deep in just like air raid and spread offensive minded coaches that I would hire from the college game before Cliff Kingsbury popped up on my list. It's a, I mean, it surprised me as much as anyone. It wasn't a situation where I was, you know, pounding on the table. If anything, you know, you think Lincoln Riley is going to be the guy that goes from college to the NFL oh, yeah. oh. or, you know, some of the more established guys, but I don't In really this house see, you know, Saban or any, any of those guys jumping to the NFL at this right. point. I don't, yeah, fair. Look, I, I just like that he's, he's about what, what he does you know you don't you see some of these young coaches they come in they get walked all over because this is the way that it has to be done he was like screw that this is where we're going for it it might not work but I'm down to watch it because I love Kyler Murray I love the talent they have around him with DeAndre you got Fitzy one of the smartest most mature players in the league that's basically like having another coach on your staff anyways true I don't know I I don't hate the situation all right you've almost sold me on Cliff Kingsbury, uh, though I think he's overrated, and he's especially overrated by us as a staff as a whole, and I blame RK. Um, Did you know that in full PPRs, DeAndre Swift, producer guy's least favorite running back of all time, um, has actually outscored Kenyon Drake, despite Kenyon Drake having the fifth most uh, carries in the NFL um, amongst running backs this year? Does that shock you, Henry? And does it also make you feel like if DeAndre Swift just doesn't drop that touchdown, it'd be, it'd be a landslide, his lead over Kenyon Drake? I, I think that we should take as many shots as possible at producer guy while he's gone. And I think that that is where you have to start. That's because where you Kenyon start. Drake and Cliff Kingsbury and all those losers down in Arizona who are <laughs> losers until they stop losing. Uh, you know, I'm... I, right. I, I will say this. I bought into Cliff Kingsbury after two weeks of seeing the Cardinals win. And yeah. now two weeks later, I'm like, you are typically so, so just like level-headed and able to ignore what is happening. But I don't know. I, I don't know how he got me to buy in so quickly, but it does make me wonder if there's just a little bit of magic because I really do find myself wanting to buy in. Well, it's a make-or-break week for Kenyon Drake against the Jets. It is. We said that last week, and he broke. It's, again, like, you know, the old uh, Bernie Sanders meme. I am once again asking Kenyon Drake to show up and make him and become a a viable fantasy starter this week against the Jets. Because if it doesn't happen this week, it's over, folks. It's done. Pack up your bags. Put them on your bench. It just ain't happening for Kenyon Drake. And as far as starts and sits, which is what we're getting into now, I wouldn't even know where to put Drake anymore. I know. Like, bench, if I have, that's where you put him. Exactly. If I have anything better, he's sitting. But I probably don't. And this is the final make it or break it week. And it's really, it's the, 
it's the scorned lover, you know, it's the scorned lover, but you're going like, okay, fine. We'll do couples counseling or like, I'll let you take me on that one day after the big fight where I said, you never take me out. And if you disappoint me again, it's, it's done. Just delete my number. Forget I even exist. All right. Um, you like that analogy, huh? Powerful stuff. That's for it. All right. My theme for nice, nice. Um, I was going to um, throw it to Justin and say, as, as are you, right, Justin? We were just talking on another meeting about <laughs> the, the other singles on staff. Um, you guys are young. This is how it should be. You should focus more on college football and less on dating gaps. Oh, and the A's, three-run Jack. Let's go. Um, there you go. There you go. Mom, he's right. He's right. Don't, don't you worry. Um, okay, my theme for my start and sits – it's a lazy theme, but it's the smartest theme I've ever come up with. Producer guy has touched on this. Um, I'm just riding with the high overs. There are some matchups I absolutely love, like Houston. It's a Will Fuller week. It's a Deshaun Watson week. The over on that is an absurd 54. All in on that. Yep. Um, oh, Seattle against Minnesota. Like, give me anyone in that matchup. I'm starting Kirk Cousins. I'm starting Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, no duh. Obviously, Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. But I'm all in on the Minnesota guys. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook is going to probably get 40 stud. carries in this one. Yes, stud. Truly a stud. Um, so all in. Like, so many viable starters in that matchup. Here's one, and we're going to um, throw salt on producer guys wounds once again you know we mentioned the carolina atlanta another matchup where i love like everyone in that one um though it's a little trickier because there are some injuries one matchup i'm a little skeptical nick chubb is out kareem hunts the man but he goes against the best defense in the nfl i know you guys are all going to be excited about starting kareem hunt this week mm, i don't know could be tricky um that colts defense might be the only defense that's for real that might be my biggest sit upset of the week i'm sitting kareem hunt there you go oh man i got kareem hunt on my team so now i'm gonna have to reconsider what i'm doing but i've also got aaron jones who's on a there bye this week go. so my options at running oh, back are no. kind of limited. but i do have dalvin cook as well so good thing i got a deep team i guess i mean um, that's the problem at running back is if you have kareem hunt wow you're stacked man that's phenomenal like you're in the rare situation where you could afford to sit kareem hunt who are your flex mm -hmm. options? Let's run through some flex options. I also got LaVisca, who I could throw in there. I got Chase mm. um, Edmonds, I believe, the Arizona backup right, running back, right. who if I'm Kenyon just Drake... waiting for them to give up on Kenyon Drake on. Absolutely. And as soon as they do, I'm going to boost him in the lineup. Damn so straight. I like those options at flex. I got pretty strong receivers as, as well, though, especially given that C.D. Lamb has really gone <sighs> off the last couple of weeks. I kind of lean on Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking about, you know, taking Cup out of the lineup and rocking with CeeDee Lamb just because he's showing that big play potential. I just rambled a I lot. Know, Sorry about everyone man. that had to listen to no, my team. Oh, I like that. And against the Giants, Lamb might be a nice start. That's what I'm thinking, too. Ooh, I like that. Okay, Henry, um, who are you liking this week, my brother? Um, I like LaVisca Chenault. I like that matchup. Mm, I, just, I just that, need to throw that yep. out there since we're yep. talking about him. Um, Will Fuller, like you said, in that game. I honestly, it's a I Will Fuller really... week. There are like six weeks a year that are Will Fuller weeks. Last week was one. This is another one. Totally. Houston agree. wins when Will Fuller puts up production. It's, it's if you go back the and look key. at it over the last oh, yeah. years, he is the key to Houston. Hundred percent. He's their Tyreek Hill man. Like not only is his production key, but just having him on the field is is it completely changes the geometry of their offense. It's like, uh, you know, a great basketball team, but once Klay Thompson is taken off the Warriors and you don't have that spacing from the small forward position, things don't work as smoothly anymore. He's really a, he's a, he's a huge like, just spacer for that offense. So, yes, we're all on board with Will Fuller, one of my main, uh, main go-tos this week for sure. I got a question for you guys, and I'll throw one out there since you guys have been throwing these ones to me. How do you guys feel about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going up against the Raiders, who have been absolutely awful against the run this year? The defense has been pretty good in the red zone, 
and they they haven't been horrible against the pass, but they've given up the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL, I believe. I, I kind of like that option, even though Kansas City leans on the passing game so much. I like that too. Yeah. I mean, it's an over I, under 55. Clyde Edwards has been a bit slow, you know, after his nice week first one, week. Yeah, he hasn't really gone off. But this, I think you make a good point. This is the week to, to jump on CLE. I like it. I do like it. Um, it is scary. I just C-H. think that there are very few people who are in a position where they can sit Clyde Edwards Elaire. <laughs> yeah. Like, unless you really played the waiver wire well. You know, like an interesting conversation, like a Josh Kelly, for example. I like him this week. Is Josh Kelly or Clyde Edwards Elaire the better start? Hmm. I like Clyde just because of that Raiders defense. Yeah, this week I like Clyde. It's really but, you know, two guys I don't like this week are Mixon, who goes against the Ravens, and Josh Jacobs in that same Chiefs matchup. I think the Chiefs know, like, all we need to do is stop Jacobs and everything else will open up. We can get to car with four guys, and they're not too worried about that. And, you know... That's one of those where would you start? Who were you saying as your alternative to uh, Edwards Hilaire? Josh Kelly could be an interesting conversation over a Mixon, over a Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, I, I really do think that Josh Kelly's going to bounce back this week. It's going against I New Orleans. He, he's, they're going to pound the rock. Like, I feel like that's the way you beat that team is you don't get down they might get down and then just be in trouble. But I really think that at least at the beginning of the game, if they are starting Justin Herbert in particular, you're going to be running the ball a lot right at the middle of that defense. Yeah. And Herbert announced as the starter Oh, was he? Uh, that okay. came in from uh, I saw some shefty ESPN tweets. Uh, Anthony I'm rocking Lynn with Herbert this week. As said, my QB. Wow. Dude, that's not terrible. Um, I got a Raj on a buy. So, you know, it is what yeah. it is, but I don't hate the matchup. I had Drew Locke early in the season. I had to drop him. Yeah. Sadly, you two are all in on the Packers. Good for you. I could have used that advice, you know. Vegas set their win total at like eight and a half, and I was like, oh, Vegas knows. And I took, I took him uh, preseason to win it all. Dude, oh, did nice you? bet. Nice. Yeah. Green and um, gold, huh? Here's a question. I, I just – they were due, man. They were due. Am I crazy for being tempted by Devontae Freeman at Dallas? <laughs> I mean, as I was thinking of other viable alternatives to, like, Josh Kelly or Jacobs Mixon, yeah, I mean, you need to be more desperate than, like, having, yep. you know. That's like, like an injury replacement situation. Right, like, desperate like, on a bye. Justin, you have Aaron Jones on bye, but you still have Dalvin Cook. And while I don't love Kareem Hunt against the Colts, just stick with Kareem Hunt, you're fine. Yep. Right, you'd have to be in a much more desperate situation than that to be like, oh, all right. I mean, Devontae Freeman actually looks viable. Um, but yeah, that's not Dallas crazy. has been awful against the run, though, which is weird because they have awful, such an guys. athletic front seven. It doesn't make Horrendous. any sense to me. They've been awful against everything. I mean, especially the run, but they've been, they, yeah, you, you, the three of us could put up points against that defense. I mean, it is <laughs> garbaggio right now. It is terrible. Um, whew. Yeah, it's really rough. And in fact, as a fantasy owner, I wish they had a better matchup than the Giants because that, that's a fun team. You, you see the Colts, you see the Cowboys coming up against one of your stars in fantasy. You're going to get excited. Um, I didn't even think about it in that term, but that makes sense. Yeah, they're going to put points on the board. It's just going to be a shootout every week. 100%. 100%. What do you think of, like, Devontae Freeman versus Latavius Murray? <laughs> Latavius Murray going up against the Chargers, scarier on paper. They've been pretty average against the run this year. Latavius Murray, 14 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns this week, 12 for 58, no touchdowns the week before. He's so boomer bust because you know yep. they're going to rely on Kamara all the way Just down the field. Down so the it's point. one of those, does he get the red zone carries or not? If he gets those red zone looks, I, you know, I, I could rock with Murray on most weeks, but that New Orleans offense, man, it's so, it, it, mm. it's just so unpredictable. Some weeks they're spreading it all over the field, going deep. Sometimes it's just a bunch of dump offs. Kamara had like 14 catches two weeks ago. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you have to stick with Murray. I just... Me too. What about Cam Akers, Devontae Freeman? If, he's, if he does play this week, of course, at Washington after taking a couple weeks off. I think I'd go Freeman. Me too. I'd go Freeman too. I'd go Freeman, yeah. Yeah, and sadly it won't work this week, but I remind you of my strategy right now with all the injuries to the Packers wide receiving core. They're actually forced to have to play some running backs at wide receiver. So Jamal, Jamal Williams is a sneaky little pickup um, at running back simply because he's getting touches in the passing game. Or Tanya in that tight end who obviously yeah. went off, probably picked up at this point in most leagues. But but he'd be in that same Dalton Schultz conversation we were having at the very top of the show, you know. Any other starter sits for you guys? Um, I'll throw a sit out there with Miles Sanders playing at Pittsburgh. Mm. You know, he's another one of those running backs that, uh, you, like Kenyon Drake, thought there was reason to draft him in the first round. And now it's like, well, why aren't you producing Kenyon Drake more of confusing than Miles Sanders, maybe just because Miles Sanders doesn't have an offense around him that works. Um, but with Miles Sanders playing at Pittsburgh, I get that everybody's desperate and it's really hard to bench him. Um, and I'm actually going to have to start him this week just because well, my other options are Latavius Murray and De- I, I might consider DeAndre Swift. To ha- no, he's on a bye. Never mind. Bench, bench Miles Sanders if you have a reasonable option. I'm telling you, I've been pretty happy with Sanders. As crappy as the Eagles' offense has been, he's been half decent. And he's, you know, he was out one game, so even with the lingering injury, he hasn't suffered too much. Mm-hmm. He just needs more touchdowns and, like, touches in the passing game. You're right. It, we expected a lot more from that offense in general. Um, but, yeah, I, I, doubt you, I doubt there's, like, there's maybe like three owners out there listening to this who are in a position to actually bench Miles yeah. Sanders. Um, we've got some questions and you know, if any other interesting start sits come to mind, you guys throw those out there. Um, Nasir asks, and this is from our discord join join the DNVR lounge um, with your, when you're a member, not just to, for us to answer your questions. There's just amazing um, communities in there and team channels. Uh, it's just like, a fantastic safe space to bond with other like informed, knowledgeable Denver sports fans. And you can always chat with us and reach out We're uh, we're in there to participate all the time. Anyways, Nasir asks Landry gauge or white or different league Higgins, Ingram or gauge. I wonder if we need two. I'm assuming two of the three. So, so Jarvis Landry, Gage for Atlanta, and I'm assuming James White. Yep. Landry, Gage, White. So let's see. Landry playing the Colts. Scares me. Yep. Gage playing Love it. Panthers. Love it. That's a good matchup. Yep. Yeah. Gage for sure. James White, who are the Pats playing? Broncos. Oh, right. But you never know which running back New England is going to yeah. lean on. Is I know. That's is it a Burkhead week or is it a James White week? My right. first thought is it's probably a James White week because uh, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson looked like good linebackers last week, which means throw the ball to your running back because those two will not cover them. That's how you bring them back down to earth. That is kind of the Belichick McDaniel special, right? I do it it's against like Denver every when, single time. Ex- too. Exactly. Okay, I'm going James White. You got to go James White. We might know too much. This might be a case of having too much information and not just saying Landry, but I think it's Gage White. Okay, and then how about Higgins, Ingram, or Gage? I kind of hate Ingram's matchup. Like the Ravens, man, that's an offense I thought I wanted to buy a lot of stock in, similar to the 49ers, and now it's kind of like, ugh, I want to bail entirely. Like even Mark Andrews, like it's great when I start him. Oh, man, but against Cincy, he probably does get a cheap touchdown. And Higgins, I don't love That defense hasn't been such a cakewalk. No, they haven't. They haven't. It's, It's not great, but. I think I go Gage Ingram. I agree. Uh, yeah. Just hope for a touchdown from Ingram, man. 
Okay. Yeah. As as you keep thinking it through, pick two out of these names to start in non PPR: DJ Shark, AJ Brown, Devonte Parker, and Justin Jefferson. Two to start. Jefferson's gone off the last couple of weeks. It's I'm Jefferson against Seattle as our first pick. Yes. Hands down. A.J. Brown, I'm not even touching because I don't know what's happening with the Titans. We haven't seen him in too long. I'm super scared off. Yeah, I wouldn't put anybody as a lock on Tennessee right now. Even Derrick Henry, I don't really love in that matchup, just given that they're going to stack the box and try and make him you know, throw it over the top, which Tannehill, can he do that? We'll see. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker's facing the 49ers. Don't love that. I do like the DJ Chark matchup. Um, I think it's Chark and Jefferson. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Devontae Parker is tempting. Um, He's had two good weeks. He's been doing well since I traded him to Malheim Ems. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers defense, I I just don't know what to think of it, honestly. I don't know what to think of it. Uh, my, My thought is Devontae Parker against all like that zone stuff, Richard Sherman and man against him really doesn't scare me all that much. Here's what I'll say about the Niners defense. They're good against bad teams. I'm not sure they'll be good against good teams. Yeah. And the, but Dolphins, the Dolphins are a bad team. They are a bad team. Devonte Parker up and coming team, but player. still a bad team. Yes. Currently uh, still a bad team. I, I, I wouldn't take Parker could be a bad, but profitable team, but still a bad team. There, there, there are tears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fly by Singus2112 says, someone is offering me Robbie Anderson for James Connor, and I'm tempted to say yeah. It, it's tough because of the way running backs have to be valued this year. Yes. Because there are so few of them. Um, and by this year, I mean every year. But this year, but especially this year, like somehow we've gotten year. to this point. Robbie Anderson's going to score more points. If it's a PPR yes, league, I, yes. I think that you yes. have to do it and find a way to make everything work. Yeah, I would, I would try to sneak in like one of, like if this Robbie Anderson person has a backup running back, I'd try to squeeze that out of him. Um, and I'd also like to know what are what's your running back situation like? Yeah. Like, are you pretty stacked or, you know, are you rocking the Justin Michael special of Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and Kareem Hunt? Then, yeah, you, you can afford to lose James Conner all day. Um, if instead, you know, losing James Conner means you might be looking at starting DeAndre Swift or Chase Edmonds, someone like that, Okay, I'm gonna be a bit more skeptical and probably lean James Conner. So there you go. That I, we need a little more context at face value in a PPR. I think we all agree, just slightly Robbie Anderson, um, but we want to squeeze just a smidge more out of that trade to make yep. sure you're still covered at running back. Agreed. I will say Anderson has a lot of Will Fuller in him, where he's one of those guys where big time. You no, know, he'll Marquise go th- for 35, 32 points. And then all of a sudden he'll give you three straight weeks of two catches for 15 yards. Oh yeah. I love his, I love his speed though, man. He's, he's a fun player to watch. Another one of those spacers, you know, it's the Tyreek Hill special. Um, some days it's a 30 pointer and other games he was more of a decoy and it's, you know, nine, 10, nothing too crazy. So, um, all right, fellas, this actually feels like a good spot to end. We, we had some great questions. Uh, you know, we, it was a little more free-flowing start-sit. So I want to make sure we don't go off air before you get uh, – if you got all your takes off your chest, I thank you kindly. Justin, we got to do this again very soon. I'll throw Edelman um, in real quick. As a start or a sit, my friend? Start Edelman if, it's, if Cam Ooh, plays. If Cam plays. If Cam plays. If it's a PPR, then maybe either way. A fade the Broncos play. How do you take advantage of the Broncos? The answer, as it has been for a couple of years, middle of the field, Julian Edelman will do that. If Cam plays, then yeah. If Cam doesn't but play, most I'm, likely I'm won't play, right? Yeah, and that's where I'm skeptical, and I'll put him as a start in a PPR. He was underwhelming in that 
Monday nighter against the Chiefs. He's been very disappointing for a couple of games. I just well, I'm glad you just gave him out as a start then. That's that's why this is more of a sleeper start than anything. I don't know who is desperate for receivers. I have a really bad feeling about Julian Edelman on Sunday though. I'll give you one, and it you people can mock me for my you know CSU Rams allegiance or whatever it is. <laughs> I love Michael Gallup against the Giants. You know, I just in his career he's played pretty well against some averages about seventy yards a game. I think they're probably going to be looking to take the deep play away from CD, given that he went off last week. Amari's usually going to draw their number one corner. I really, really like that matchup. There you go. The Cowboys, you do need to play those matchups carefully. I've definitely messed up. I thought two weeks ago was going to be a Gallup week. It ended up being a no. Two weeks ago was a Gallup week. Two weeks week. ago, Last I week thought was, was going to be a CD week. It was a Gallup week. And when I thought it was a Gallup week, it was a CD week. I'm tempted by the <sighs> Dallas team has so much talent. Why are they so, so bad? Much. They're bad on defense. I mean, that offense. True. That, yeah, they can't stop anyone. But... That offense is lit, man. They, they can't stop those guys. But they, they're like the Browns. I mean, once the Browns and Cowboys figure out how to stop someone, same thing with the Falcons, frankly. Um, those teams will be. And C- I mean, tough Seattle to beat. too. Seattle's already tough to beat. They figure out how to stop someone. They'll they're really tough to beat. They're they're like the best team in the league. Jamal Adams might be back this week. Well, that'll be huge. I'm I'm still all in on Minnesota. You don't scare me, Jamal Adams. James Washington, another deep sleeper. I guess the better pick is probably Juju. Deontay. I'll I'll start Juju. James Washington, if you need him, I think against the Eagles defense, you could be getting your big plays out of him this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. Anything else? Speak now or forever hold your peace. I will forever hold my peace. Sit right Brady. Oh, oh, yes. Big time. Oh. Big time. Yeah. Tonight you do want to sit Brady. And uh, I mean, I would, I would strongly warn against just about everyone in this Thursday night matchup. It's the lowest over-under we have on the slate this week, 44 and a half. Great defenses, I do believe, in the Bears and the Buccaneers defense. Yeah, don't buy too much into what Brady did last week. Not worth it on a short start. And uh, don't, don't believe in anything Nick Foles did. We had a bunch of David Montgomery talks. I think Allen Robinson... And I guess you kind of have to with Tampa's top two wide receivers. But outside of those guys, I'm, I'm staying away. Um, don't start Gronk, but watch Gronk. Yeah. I, think, I, I think that he might get a touchdown today. O.J. Howard gone. He's, I don't know. Yeah, with O.J. gone, it is, uh, it is the beginning of Gronk watch, I suppose. It is. Who should be available in most leagues. Oof. And then if he's not available, figure out who has him and you can probably fleece him with some trade offer. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. There you go. Um, Pray on Gronk owners in your fantasy league. I think that's the best advice we've given. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It sounds so dark. It's fantasy football people. I just like saying things that sound dark that are really pretty innocuous. So there you go. Um, Really appreciate you all tuning in. Shouts to producer guy who we look forward to having back on the show again soon. Shouts to you, Justin. We really appreciated you bringing, um, bringing all your knowledge to the table. Maybe, uh, you know, we got to do this again soon. So, and thank you to DraftKings as always download the sports book, use that code DNVR, and we will be back next Tuesday to give you full recap of the week and all our favorite waiver wire pickups and all that good stuff. So, Uh, Stay tuned and uh, thanks for listening.